Hello, my intentional mom friends. This is Val Harrison, the Practically Speaking Mom. I have a question for you. Do you think it's possible to get your kids to listen the first time you say something, even to have them honor your words and see them as valuable? Well, on today's episode, you're going to learn how to bring value to your words so that they'll listen the first time. You're also going to learn how to follow up after handing off a chore to one of your children. We're going to do all of this today on part two of time-saving strategies for busy households. You're listening to the Practically Speaking Mom podcast, the place for an intentional mom to build a strong family. This is Val's husband, Rich, and on an earlier episode part one of time-saving strategies for busy households, you heard Val talk about the monkeys, those monkeys on our backs that are the responsibilities that keep us so busy. So sometimes God has intended for that monkey that's on your back that you do need to be the manager of to not have to do it, but maybe someone else to do it. So mom, I would just encourage you to try to change your mindset that you're not the doer of all the monkeys. You're the manager of the monkeys and you need to evaluate what are ones that only you can do. What things are, are the children capable of doing and will develop things in them. And what might be other things that God has other people in your life to do. Let's rejoin Val now as she talks about handing those responsibilities off to our children in part two of Time-Saving Strategies for Busy Households. So mom, I would just encourage you to try to change your mindset that you're not the doer of all the monkeys. You're the manager of the monkeys and you need to evaluate what are ones that only you can do, that you for sure have to keep these monkeys and they have to be yours. What things are are the children capable of doing and will develop things in them? And what might be other things that God has other people in your life to do? And then there's other things that just aren't going to get done. In fact, I would say there's four things to consider with each monkey. There's four different things that could happen. You're either going to do it, delegate it, dump it, or leave it undone. So if it's one you're going to do, you need to be keeping a to-do list of the things that you're doing. And then if it's a delegated thing, you need to keep a list of the things that are delegated to other people. And how do we effectively delegate it? We're going to talk about that in a minute too, how we effectively delegate a task to one of the kids. All right. And then some of the monkeys on your back, some of the things that you feel are stressing you out, you just need to dump them. You need to evaluate if if your stress is coming from too many obligations and some of them could be dumped. And then the final thing is just leaving it undone and, and handling it with prayer. So that was do, delegate, dump, and leave undone. And all of these things you're going to find in my book, Wearing All Your Hats Without Wearing Out. I'll have some of it in show notes as well. Okay, I should say not everything we talk about today will be in the book, but a lot of it is in the book. Let's see, in my notes here, I have that I wanted to share the prayer with you, which I've already done. Lord, give me patience, give me passion for your purposes in this day and a peace for the things you don't want me to get done. And that's one of our goals. I will share that prayer on our um, show notes also so that you can see that later. Um steps to hand off a monkey. Okay. Are you ready for this one? Now I've talked about this a little bit before in a podcast on work ethic, but let's just look at delegating tasks. Isn't about making life easier for you. It's about growing your kids' abilities, character, and work ethic, teaching them responsibility. 
uh, building up self-esteem based on accomplishment and capability, equipping them for success uh, habits in life and to be overcomers in whatever obstacles that come up that might be keeping them from accomplishing that, that responsibility. I don't want to spend too much time on how to delegate a responsibility to your child because I have dealt with this also in a podcast called Work Ethic. So you might want to look for that one instead. If I'm I'm recording several of these before they air. So if it has not aired yet, just keep your eye out for the Work Ethic one because I'll go into more detail there. But basically you show it, you show them how to do a task, you watch them do it. You praise what you want repeated, and then you you be sure that you continue to do follow-up as you give your kids responsibility. If you never follow up, then here, there's something you can count on, and that is that they're probably not going to keep doing it. You don't have the job of doing all of the monkeys, but you do have the job of following up with those who are supposed to be doing um, different monkeys that you've delegated. So when you follow up, you want to keep your eye out for certain things or have a certain perspective. And that is, you want to have a standard of excellence. If we have a low standard when we follow up, we're going to produce low work. And that just means that we're giving our kids the habit of poor work ethic, um, a low standard and cutting corners instead of what is the best I can do here. Now, some of you are going to have some perfectionist kids and their weakness leans toward trying too hard and making it too perfect. For them, you're going to want to teach them a more balanced approach. But for most of them, for your kids that are not perfectionists, you are wanting to increase their standard and how they perform at something. And so you want to keep a high standard. That doesn't mean that you have to have a drill sergeant attitude. But a high standard will actually serve them so well in their life. And you really want to take the time to do that. And then praise what you want repeated, as I said before. And sometimes appropriate consequences when they when they don't follow through with what they're capable of and what they clearly were equipped to do. If you clearly gave instruction and they simply are not following through when you know that they knew and were capable of it, then if you don't give consequences, a couple of things. One, of course, you, you're you basically rewarding them for not doing what they were supposed to do, which decreases their responsibility level and decreases their work ethic. But also, it devalues your word. If you told them to do something and they don't do it, you have just devalued your word. And that is going to reap negative consequences in your own life as well as theirs, if they are a child that doesn't value the words of those who are in authority over them. And I know those buzzwords right there that I just said, authority over them, are not, that's not a popular perspective these days to think of parents as being an authority over children. But I believe, you know how there's fake news all over the place? Well, there's also a lot of fake parenting beliefs out there that are messing up kids' lives, and this is one of them. Throughout their whole life, all of us at all ages, we do have authorities over us. That is the system of community and society, and and that is okay. It doesn't mean the authority people are at a higher value or they're in some way more valuable. That's not the case. But nevertheless, for systems to work, there has to be people that are achieving different layers of 
of all of the workings. And if we do not teach our kids how to live under authority, now that doesn't mean that they're robots. I'm not trying to raise robots. I want them to think for themselves and be problem solvers and and to be initiative takers and to be able to to come and speak up to an authority when needed. Yeah, I want to deal with all of those things with my kids, but I also, for their own sake, they need to know how to handle being under someone's authority. One thing that you really want to do, you want to have a goal of bringing value to your words. Your words need to be calm and clear and consistent. Now, when you say something, before before you say something, you really want to think to yourself, is what I'm about to say, am I willing to enforce it? If I'm not willing to to enforce it, I need to be quiet because that would devalue my words. If I told them something and then I didn't enforce it, then I took away the value of my words. Why should they value my words if I don't? Um, But also I need to ask myself before I say something, is what I'm about to ask them to do consistent with the priorities that I want for our household and, and for, um, does, is it consistent with loving people and loving God and, you know, evaluate some of the things we're asking our kids to do, right? So you have to slow down enough to think through what you're going to ask them to do before you do it and make sure it lines up with your family's values and make sure that you're willing to follow through with it. Okay. Then if you'll be calm and clear, And if you'll follow through consistently with your word, then that's you valuing your words. And if you do, then they will too. So some ways to value your words. Mean what you say or don't say it. No must mean no, or it means uh, mom's words don't really matter. I can, she never really makes me follow through when she says no. So it's no big deal. I'll just go ahead and do it anyway. Say it once and then act. That's another step that can help you to really value your words. Uh, And that starts at a a young age. But say it once and then act. I don't mean say it once and then punish. I mean, say it once. If you start at a young age, let's say you've got a crawler, okay? And the crawler wants to go over to the electrical cords in the corner. Uh, I need to make a safe environment for my kids, but I cannot unplug every single thing, right? So there are going to be some, some dangers around and I need to teach them safety in those dangers, right? That's loving them. It might be unpleasant to give them boundaries. It might be some work on my part, but it's because I love them, right? Okay. So let's say there's some electrical cord and I need them to not crawl over and pick up that electrical cord. So I will clearly tell them, no, not safe. No. And then if they reach their hand out or head out again, you know, start heading that direction, then I need to go scoop them up and move them away from it and say, mama said no. So when I say, say it once and then act, I don't mean that the action is always punishment right then, but it is an action that shows you really mean what you say. You know, my, I was keeping my, um, two little grandsons about a year ago. So they, at that time, were like a newborn and a about 14, 15 month old. So I'm holding the baby and the toddler started doing exactly that, headed towards a, an electric cord. And I said, grandma says no. Well, immediately he stopped. He got this really pouty look on his face and 
And then he says, no, no, no. And then he turned around and he headed towards something else. And do you know why he did those things when he was 14 or 15 months old? He did that because his mommy, my daughter, had been consistent with her words. She had been consistent to say it once and then act. And and so these these kind of things, moms, the, the younger that you can teach them that your words have value and you mean what you say, the simpler, you're, the more peaceful your home can be. Imagine the difference between a, a child like this who has been taught that no really does mean no and one that hasn't. If he hadn't been trained at all in that same scenario, it would have gone much more differently, much more unpleasant for all of us, for me, for the baby, for for him. And so when we value our words enough to really mean what we say and follow through, it makes a huge difference for, for their lives and for your family as a whole. Okay, so some additional practices with that. Think before you speak and make sure you're willing to enforce your words after the first time you say it. Make sure your child is really listening before you start talking. So that means like getting down on their eye level um, and and making sure they're close enough to you, especially a younger child. Okay. But all ages, my kids, it's a really important thing to me is that we have good eye contact when I'm giving them an instruction. Okay. Um, so like I teach a preschool group in one of my co-ops and in that preschool group I tell them look at Miss Val when I'm talking to you let me see your eyes and that is what I expect to happen because I want us to make sure that what I'm about to say I want to be able to see in their eyes that they are comprehending what I'm saying and I want them to have I want to have their full attention in what I'm about to say so Um, Make sure they're really listening before you talk to them with eye contact and proximity, the distance away you are from them based on their age. Okay, slow down to give your words the attention they deserve. Make sure you're speaking clearly enough and slowly enough based on their age comprehension. Um, Give clear instructions that are reasonable for your child's age and ability. That's, of course, a given. Have them repeat back to you what you asked them to do. Now, this one... I started implementing this when my kids were pretty young, right? And so I had a real, my third oldest was also my firstborn son. Okay, so it's two girls and then three boys. So my oldest son, he was very strong-willed. He's awesome and he can accomplish anything he wants to in this life because he doesn't let obstacles stand in his way. But that strength comes with a certain um, stubbornness, you could say, as well. And uh, that's good. But it often makes it complicated when you're needing to be the authority over this child and you do want them to to learn that there are times in life where there's going to be authority over them. And so I noticed with him that when I started having him repeat back to me what he was being asked to do, and I think he was about three years old when I started that with him, Um, maybe late two, but three for sure. Oh my goodness, the saying what I was asking. Let's say that I was asking him to take the towels out of the dryer and put them in the basket. Okay. So I got down on his level and I'm like, okay, Nathan, I need you to take the towels like this and put them in the basket. Okay. So I'm, I pull one out and I put in the basket. Right. 
And I said, now I need you to tell me what, what mom wants you to do. What are you going to do? Well, the process of saying, take it out and put it in the basket, you would think that I was asking him to yank out his own tooth. It was, it was just utter misery to him because in his mind, saying those things verbally was like a contract. He was going to follow through if he said it. And that shows some really, really great character qualities in him down the road for honesty and integrity, of course. Um, But it also showed me as a mom, that was the key with him, was making sure that I was having him repeat what he was supposed to do. Of course, this brings clarity to a child so that mom can for sure know they understand the job that you want them to do. But also for some kids, certain personality types, it it works like a contract in their mind. They are going to do it because they said they were going to do it. So that's a helpful um, step to take as well. Um, It also... It ensures that neither of you have an excuse to renege because you both just committed verbally to that handoff of that responsibility. Okay, and then finally, be sure you hold to compliance to your word, even when it's inconvenient for you to do so. So really, mom, I actually, uh, let's say we just had a really busy day and it had been a long day and we all just got home and we're tired and we're hungry. And I notice out of the corner of my eye that my child is doing this, something they shouldn't be doing. Well, if I'm not willing to enforce it right then, I don't even say anything. I just pretend like I don't even notice they're doing it because it would be worse for me to tell them to stop and then not follow through or to not follow through, but just acknowledge that I know that they're doing it. That would be worse in the long run than if I just not say anything right now. And then later when I'm rested and they're rested and, and everything, then I can deal later with the issue if they're old enough, of course. So for me, I chose to value my words more than even making sure they're, they're complying all the time if they think that I don't know. Okay. Well, that's a side issue, isn't it? So let's move on to implement new systems one at a time. Well, we're going to stop today's episode at that little teaser for what's coming next. Cutting chaos in the home is something that's really important to Val, and good systems are a big part of that. Systems on little things can be so helpful. It's these little kinds of systems that really reduces the chaos in life. And those kids are capable of doing those things for themselves. Hear more of what Val has to share about helpful systems on part three of time-saving strategies for busy households. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Practically Speaking Mom, the podcast for an intentional mom to build a strong family. You can find lots more from me, my blog, books, the six rooms of the intentional mom's home at my website, practicallyspeakingmom.com. If you found this podcast to be helpful, I would be so honored if you would share it with other people, subscribe to the podcast, follow my blog, and join in the Practically Speaking Mom's online community through Instagram and Facebook. And we also have a wonderful private Facebook group, a place where I get to interact with you more personally, where you can share your ideas and you can give your feedback about the podcast. You can ask me personal questions about it and we can just interact on all different kinds of levels. 
there's so many wonderful intentional moms in this group, and I would love for you to be one of them. The name of that private Facebook group is Intentional Mom Strong Family. So I hope you'll join that today and let me get to know you. If you think other moms would benefit from this podcast, would you please take a few minutes to leave a review on iTunes so that iTunes will recommend this podcast to moms when they search. I'm looking forward to spending time with you again next week right here on the Practically Speaking Mom podcast, the place for an intentional mom to build a strong family. See you soon.